All right, last week we spent a decent amount of time working through some of the review from the week I was out. And then we talked about these people that are in the audience that Jesus is interacting with. The Pharisees and the people that they were seeking or they were following Jesus for particular reasons. And then we kind of talked about some potential parallels with people today and how uh, we interact with um, church. Are we at church because we want to hear the teaching of Jesus, because we hope for something experiential? Okay, that was what we had talked about um, as we had worked from verse 26 down through verse 34. So if you will look at 35 with me. Look at verse 35. All right, I need someone to read that. Nice and loud. All right, Jesus says that he is the what? Bread of life. The bread of life. And then what does he say about this whole him being the bread of life thing? What does he say? He's like, I'm the bread of life. What are the consequences or what are the results, the ramifications of Jesus being the bread of life? Jeremy? All right. Well, we just spent a few moments going around the room and learning some breakfast cereal favorites. Does that mean that if I believe in Jesus, I'll never be hungry for breakfast cereal again? No. Spiritually. Spiritually. Jeremy, the dots that you just connected were not connected when Jesus said those words. You know what I mean by that? They heard it and they're like, what? Well, how do we know that? Well, let's go on and see what else Jesus says. Someone read verse 36. Someone else, nice and loud. But I said to you that you have seen me and yet you do not believe. Alright, so I'm the bread. Whoever comes to me will in no wise hunger. Whoever believes in me shall never thirst. Now, what's interesting about that never thirst thing? Think context of John that we've been working through. Context of the book of John. Uh, this morning's message from Pastor John. Okay. Yeah, Blake's pulling out previous chapters. Someone remind us, what has happened in our previous passages that we've discussed in the book of John? Specifically around those two words, never thirst. Someone remind me, what, what would be going on in the book of John where that never thirst thing would matter. Iris? When Jesus met the Samaritan woman. Good, when Jesus meets the Samaritan woman. So, in John chapter 4, when Jesus is with the Samaritan woman, he tells her that he's the water of life, so, so to speak, and that if she, whoever drinks of him will never thirst again. But Jesus hasn't necessarily said those words, at least what John records for us now. But what we have on a holistic sense is what? That Jesus is the bread of life. He's the water of life. So everything you need to sustain yourself, he is that. And so he said, I say to you that you have seen me, yet you do not believe. What do you think about that? Someone kind of paraphrase that verse in modern vernacular for me. He says, verse 36, But I say to you that you have seen me, and yet do not believe. I think that's the 
Okay, they see his works, but they still don't believe his Messiah. Let me, let me ask this question. How many of you will be like, look, if Jesus walked right in front of me, I would for sure, like, I would have never have doubts ever again. I would believe in Jesus for the rest of my life if I, if I like, could physically see him. You ever thought about that? Yes. I mean, Ben, that's got to be like a, the end-all, be-all, right? Like, if they see Jesus, like, surely they'll believe in him, right? Well, if you just see, like, some random dude how are you going to know who it is? Yeah, but if you had a way of verifying that it was Jesus, like, surely that would convince you for life, right? Probably. Yeah. But, like, I've also studied the Bible, just like, I know how, like, it's not just, like, you're seeing them, like, spit this stuff out, like, for the first time. Like, you see, like, all the stuff he already did, and you're like, oh, okay. God, it's that guy. It takes time. It takes time? But he does works. He does works. Nancy? I would bring up to see what the Bruins did with Paul, like, not really, like, ask him about the Bible, ask him on the Bible, and then he just said, okay, no, you guys can do Okay, so using the Old Testament to see if he's legit. So, here's what we have. You have people that have just watched Jesus perform miracles. Verifying who he is. Do they believe in him? No. No. So what, exactly, Blake, what makes a difference? How do you have people that can physically look at the Messiah? And then, Ben, it's verified. They literally ate the food that he multiplied. And they could, they could physically reach out and touch him. And they don't believe. I mean, surely that has to make someone believe, right? You see Jesus in front of you. Eat the food that he has provided for you. You gotta believe, but they don't. How do we answer that? I mean, is it, that's that's kind of the world we live in. We think that, oh, if God would just X, Y, or Z this person's life, then they would believe it, right? Isn't that typically how we work? Oh, I want Aunt Sally to get saved. So if God would just do this. Then she'll then she'll be a believer. Okay, I would agree with you, Nancy, that it's God's will. And here's how I can prove to you it's God's will. Someone else read verse thirty-seven. All that the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me, I will never cast out. All right. So who believes, Tyler? What people believe? Verse 37 has just described them. The ones that the Father sends? Yeah, the ones that the Father sends. Whoever God says, these are your people, those are the ones that believe. <clears throat> so what does that tell us about the people that don't believe? Yeah, God has not done the work in their life for them to be a believer. All right, let's read on. Someone else, verse 38. Hold on, pause before we do but for those who do come, what's the end result? It's n there's never being cast out. He doesn't change his mind. All right, verse 38. Someone read it for us. For I have come down from heaven not to do my will, but to do the will of him who sent me. All right. 
What's that mean? He came for the Father. All right, he came for the Father. How does that connect with the previous verse? <coughs> yeah, let's read on. <clears throat> we'll get this little set paragraph and then we'll talk about it. So, Addison said, For I have come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. Verses 39 and 40 now. And this is the will. So what's that will of him who sent me? So if you ever want to know what God's will is for Jesus, here's an answer. That I should lose nothing of all that he has given me, but raise it up on the last day. For this is the will of my Father. Here we go again. That everyone who looks on the Son and believes in him should have eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. So, that whole section. Jesus said, I'm the bread of life. How do people get the bread of life? I would suggest to you that there are two answers. Believing in Jesus. All right, Tyler gives us half of it, or the first part, or one part. I won't say half. He says those people believe in Jesus. All right, look at verse 40 again, halfway through. Everyone who looks on the Son and believes in Him. All right, so that's part of how these people receive the bread of life. What's the other part of it? We just talked about it. How do people believe that Jesus is the bread of life? No, because looking is not enough to believe. Take a moment, read through those verses. Read through 35 through 40. Here's what we're looking for. Jesus has said in verse 35, I'm the bread of life. If you come to me, you're never going to hunger, you're never going to thirst. He told us at the last verse, verse 40 of this section, that those people are going to get eternal life and they'll be resurrected on the last day. How do I get from seeing Jesus to believing that he's the bread of life to believing he's the Son of God, receiving that eternal life? So that's my aspect of it, of what I do. I believe. What's the other side of it? What's the other part? That the Father draws. The Father draws him. Where do we see that, Tyler? Do we see that in this passage? All that the Father gives me will come to me. Good. Verse 37. All that the Father gives me, he will not cast out. The whole point is this. How do you receive eternal life? God calls you, and you believe. Verse 41. Um, let's read the whole section. Anyone want to read a lengthy section, like more than a verse? Oh, I'm so glad you raised your hand, Claire. All right, verse 41 through 51. The Jews grumbled about him because he said, I am the bread, I'm the bread that came down from heaven. They said, it is not Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know. Does he now say, I have come down from heaven? Jesus answered them, do not grumble among yourselves. No one can come to me unless the father who sent me draws him, and I will raise him up on the last day. It is written in the prophets, and they will all be taught by God, and everyone who has heard and learned from 
Was that through 51? No, sorry. Um, not that anyone has seen the Father except he who is from God, and he has seen the Father. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes has eternal life, and I am the bread of life. Your Father ate the manna in the wilderness, and they died. This is the bread that comes down from heaven, so that one may eat of it and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats the bread, he will live forever, and the bread that I give all right, so Claire just read those verses. You've got them open. What is this bread of heaven? What do we know about it? Verse 41 through 51 tells us about this bread of heaven. So give me some descriptions of it. What is this definition? Okay, Abby says it's Jesus, but there's so much more in that passage about it. He said, I am the bread of life. Your fathers ate the manna in the wilderness and they died. Okay, so Blake, what would I write if I wanted to articulate what you just said? You read the verse, mm -hmm. your fathers ate the bread in the wilderness. What's that referring to? Someone tell me. Yeah. What? Manna. Manna. What about manna? Like, uh, they were in the wilderness and God sent them manna quail from the Alright. Who wandered in the wilderness? Alright, so... We're talking about the period of the wandering recorded in the book of Numbers. So, what do we write though? What does Jesus say about their wandering and them eating the bread? They died, okay? So, what's he say about his bread? That they don't die. That they won't die. They'll have eternal life. Alright, eternal life. Yeah. Alright, I wrote down better than manna. Why is it better than manna? You guys just told me this, but I want, we want to connect what I wrote with what we're talking about. Because that's physical bread. Okay, it's physical bread, but what does Jesus say about that manna? What did the manna do for them? They ate it, yet they still died. They ate it, and then they died. But Jesus is the bread of life. What's he saying happens if they eat him? They don't die. They don't die, so it's better than... Alright, now, think big picture. What's the problem with saying that he's better than the manna? One more time, Nancy. So what Jesus has just said is that he's better than Moses. All those things that Moses did for the people, Jesus has now just said, I'm better. How do you think a Jew is going to take that when the man who is their giver of the law, the man who met God on a mountaintop, that man, the one who delivered them from Egypt, and now they're being told he's better. Yeah, they do not like it. They grumble. We read that. In fact, Jesus even says, like, stop kind of arguing amongst yourselves. What did they struggle with? All right, it's not here. We got another definition. It's actually in the title. All right, what's this other definition about the bread? Okay, it's of heaven, and it came from where? I am the living bread that came down from heaven. So now he's claiming. So now he's claiming what? Heavenly 
Yeah, he's at least heavenly origin at a bare minimum. He's saying, I came from heaven. Now, what's the immediate response to that? Look at your Bible. I have come down from heaven. How can this man give his flesh, his flesh to eat? So we're now thinking cannibalism. Okay, back up a little. Verse 42. Um, Naomi, will you read verse 42 for us? And he said, Is not this Jesus the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How is it then that he says, I have come down from heaven? All right, so Jesus claims heavenly origin. And what do they respond with? How can he come from heaven if he was born? Yeah, like, dude, we know your mom and dad. You didn't come from there. Like, yeah, like, we've known you since you were little. Like, wasn't Nazareth a part of town that was kind of looked down upon to? It, it, it is, a, I mean, yes it, yes, it is. But that's not the context of the conversation. The context of the conversation is like, don't tell me you're from heaven. I know Mary and Joseph. Okay, like, we have your birth certificate on file. Okay, we've seen the family pictures. Like, you didn't just drop out of the sky, bozo. Uh, okay. They, they start, like, no. All right, anything else on what this bread of heaven is? It is Jesus, we know that. It provides eternal life. It's better than the manna. Anything else? I'll read through it out loud. You can follow along. Um, let's see. We'll pick up at verse 43. Jesus said, Do not grumble amongst yourselves. No one can come to me unless the Father who sent him draws him. So there's that believing and God drawing aspect one more time. And I will raise him up on the last day. It is written in the prophets. They will all be taught by God. Everyone who has heard and learned from the Father comes to me. Not that anyone has seen the Father except he who is truly who is from God. He has seen the Father. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes has eternal life. I am the bread of life. Your fathers ate the man in the wilderness and they died. This is the bread that comes down from heaven so that one may eat of it and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I will give him, give for the life of the world, is my flesh. What else do we know about this bread of heaven? Iris? Okay, it's to everyone. What else? <clears throat> what is the bread? What is this bread of heaven? Okay, Blake, you just used a word that's not in the verses. Well, okay, you're saying sacrifice. Why do you say the word sacrifice? Okay, but what do you mean by sacrifice? Okay, so you're pointing me to his death. Why can we point to his death? Why is Blake allowed to point to the death of Jesus in this passage? That's what gives eternal life. his death. Okay, but what in the passage lets me go there? Do not grumble among yourselves. No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him, and I will raise him up on the last day. Okay, but that's our that's our hope, and obviously this this is truth. But 
I don't think that gives us permission to go to his death. No, in this passage it says it. And it's critical to understanding the rest of the chapter. It's the end of verse 51. What's at the end of verse 51, Zach? The bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. It's my flesh. Now, with that in mind, now we know how we can get to Blake saying that it's the sacrifice of his death on the cross. But they don't know that. Here's what you need to wrap your brain around. A lot of these Jews just heard Jesus say, if you want to live forever, take a nibble, Ben. Like, like that's what they just heard. Okay? So, they're really struggling with this. So let me give you a couple concepts to think about. Those who would hold to an atheistic worldview, they will criticize Christianity because... It has roots in cannibalism. And that's why. This Jesus said his followers needed to eat his flesh. What sound does that I mean, could you get more cultic than that? I mean maybe, but like he if he literally said, When I die, roast me on an open fire and you know, divide me up and everyone take a bite. Yeah. You can choose whether or not you want dry rub or, you know. Okay. So, well, I'm making light, I'm making light of it so you guys kind of grab hold of this concept. Okay. They struggle with it. They don't go that it's his, a sacrifice on the cross. They don't, as Nancy said, they don't have their spiritual eyes open. They're here. This dude just said we have to eat his flesh. What in the world is wrong with him? How do I know that? Look at verse 52. The very next thing they say is, as they're disputing amongst themselves, because they can't agree, how can this man give us his flesh to eat? What in the world is going on? They're struggling. They heard Jesus say something and they don't get it. Because their spiritual eyes have not been opened. They don't have the benefit of looking at it from our perspective that it's his sacrifice on the cross. That his flesh will be given for them. Not that they have to consume his flesh. Where this also comes up is the Roman Catholic Church. They teach this big fancy word called the doctrine of transubstantiation. And basically what they would say is when you and I partake of the Lord's Supper, the Eucharist, communion, whatever we call it, Okay, the bread and the juice, that bread literally will turn into, it will change form from bread to the body of Christ. Because of a verse like this that says we have to partake of his flesh in order to receive eternal life. So they believe that you, one, have to take communion to receive eternal life. Students, you do not have to take communion to receive eternal life. Taking communion is a remembrance of the eternal life you've been given because of his sacrifice. Which is why they would say it has to turn into, that bread has to become by faith the blood and the body of Christ, otherwise I have not partaken of his flesh. And that's how I get my eternal life. And they're wrong. They, the very next question was, how do we eat his flesh? How are we going to get this done? This is strange. 
Yeah, it's strange because he's talking figuratively. He's talking in spiritual terms that they don't yet understand. And we'll pick up next time.